it. Played by Westbrook. Ginobili for three. Yes! One-point lead for San Antonio. Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven-point lead with 33 seconds remaining. Simmers bring it in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo! Oh my goodness. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Six Man Podcast. I am joined today by none other than Zach Noble, Mr. Grade My Trade himself. How is it going? Dude, life is busy, and uh, glad I'm finally here with you. But uh, life, life is good. Um, blessed to have a growing and healthy baby, but man, he keeps me going. He's 20 months now, so wow, uh, shit's getting crazy. And that start levels. the terrible twos, huh? Yeah, that's that's gonna be a real thing here. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I know you're a uh, Timberwolves fan and a Vikings fan, and uh, I believe uh, is a Gophers fan, right? I'm all Minnesota sports outside of the Kansas Jayhawks for basketball. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I could never support that football team. Um, I do like, if anybody else, I, I kind of root for the Chiefs because my wife's a Chiefs fan and the Celtics a little bit being I lived out there, if if anything. But um, I'm Minnesota sports through and through. I shoved a lot of swords through my chest so i uh managed <laughs> to pick up tickets to iu and minnesota football game on saturday for four dollars so i was like all right i'm gonna go sit yeah. good seats watch how you get their ass beat and uh i hope so man i doubt it though i mean we're we're gonna we're six and three i use two and eight right now two and two and abysmal is all i remember uh, we have like two wins against like Western Kentucky and Idaho. It's just like <laughs> you should beat those teams, you know. Like, yeah, that's um, unacceptable for a Big Ten school anytime. Yeah, uh, especially when I mean, IU came into the se- season ranked. I mean, they were like 17th coming into the year, so maybe people were just wrong about them. Yeah. One of the teams I was wrong about, though. I would be your Minnesota Timberwolves. I thought they were just going to be uh, kind of garbage this year. And they've had their bumps in the road, but so far they're treading water in a pretty tough Western Conference. And, you know, they started off the season pretty hot. They've kind of cooled off here. Um, but Anthony Edwards has been unbelievable. But what do you think has been their biggest, like, reason for why they've succeeded for the most part, early in the season. Well, I appreciate you using such positive affirmations and uh, talking about them so nicely. Uh, it's not the way I like to think of them normally or right <laughs> now even. Uh, but you caught me at a good moment, to be honest. I mean, we're rolling the spurs right now. It's never a guarantee that the lead stays in Minnesota, but um, this would be back-to-back wins for a long time coming here. But uh, to be honest, it's our defense right now. We're a top 10 defense. We were top three for the first seven, eight games, and um, it's slowly tailing off. Uh, but 
these guys just seem to be clicking on that end and caring more. Um, because I, I truly think the first 20, 25 games of every year, I mean, defense really um, comes down to just caring and grinding and effort. And a lot of times these players will just say that's what it is. Um, usually um, outside of footwork and um, instincts and, and will, but um, our offense has been God awful. It really has. Um, it's, it's, it's been towards the bottom of the league and, um, I thought it'd be just the opposite. I don't think we have the personnel to have a good defense. So I'll be shocked if this stays, to be honest. Uh, but this modern NBA is now looking like 18th century NBA, the way the rules have uh, really regressed to the scoring and uh, just the foul calling. It, it's It's awesome. I mean, it really mucks things up and allows for, um, the door to be open for different ways of getting there too, I imagine. Um, so it's not going to be pretty, especially with a young team like this, um, comes down to playing for a team versus individually. And we got a lot of guys that can play pretty well individually at times. It's just, um, getting them to gel together and wanting to play for a bigger cause, which they say they do. They, they seem like they want to, but it all comes down to actions and led by, Carl Anthony Towns as our leader, which has been a tough situation for many years. Yeah, the town situation's always been weird to me because, like, he always says he wants to win, but then, like, when the opportunity to potentially force his way out, he, you know, he stays loyal, which, mm-hmm. you know, these, you know, smaller markets, which Minnesota is not very small, but, like, you know, your Minnesota, Indiana, even, like, to a lesser extent, like Utah, places like that, like, having stars who are willing to, like, grind with the team is really important and you guys have another star who is i mean absolutely budding this year he's been unbelievable and that's been anthony edwards now we saw glimpses of just who he could be last year and he looked awesome then and now we're seeing him you know he has his first full season with the team what do you think has been his biggest step this year so to be honest, it's literally just becoming more intelligent um, and making better plays. Uh, it's, it's intelligence at the end of the day that the shots he takes, he still takes a lot of terrible shots. Um, he really um, is just getting more usage, to be honest. I mean, his, his minutes went up four, four and a half. Um, he's getting four more shot attempts. His usage is up only 2.3% overall, but um, it comes with intelligence, reps, and usage, to be honest, because overall, his game really isn't much better. Um, He's still the same guy from his rookie year. Um, It's just his numbers look a little better on the surface. Uh, He's a dog. He he grinds, and um, he works hard. So I don't know how far his intelligence can get. He's got to um, cause I, I don't think that's one of his gifts, to be honest. I think it's, it's his will, it's his effort. He's got the right mentality. Uh, but, um, it's, it's tough because he's not in a great situation from a leadership standpoint. Um, I don't know what to fully make of our coach yet. Uh, but he's just naturally gifted, man. And that's where, I mean, that's where he's going to flourish in this league. And, you, you can make a lot of comparisons right now to <clears throat> Andrew Wiggins uh, from 
just the statistical presence and the way he plays the game. But what you can say for Anthony Edwards and why he will never be Andrew Wiggins is his mentality. He's a killer. He's a dog. Uh, Wiggins had that like once every seven games. And he still has got that once every three to five now uh, because life's a little easier in Golden State. Uh, but it just makes him look a little better. Uh, but Edwards, man, he, he's going to figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, his efficiency is still bad. And, um, yeah, he's got, he's got a ways to go yet. I liked your comparison to Andrew Wiggins. He kind of reminds me of, like, a bigger Karis LeVert, where it's, like, the athleticism's there, the finishing's there, but sometimes he makes just, like, boneheaded plays. He takes, like, shots with five people literally draped on him, you know? Yep. And it's, like... You know, and I think that's been part of the Pacers' recent struggles is, like, bringing LeVert back into the lineup, you know, and that's that's my big fear with Minnesota. You know, they've got the talent, I think, to actually compete in the West. For sure. And, you know, who knows about the coach? I mean, Minnesota's been a coaching carousel for as long as I've been alive, basically. Uh, it's 14 years now. Yeah, we've probably gone through about seven of them. Um. But interestingly enough, you guys brought in a player, like a player who is basically a coach on the court, too. That would be Patrick Beverly. And, I mean, I've always loved Beverly just because of his game, where he just scrappy, he gets in, you know, he, he, he basically just pushes people around because he knows that that's how he's going to have to play in mm-hmm. the NBA to succeed. What do you think his impact on the Timberwolves has been? I know his leadership is obviously important, but then what else, you know, has he brought to the team? You know, it is just his leadership and um, his energy, his emotion, because Kat's been a guy that hasn't been able to hone his emotions, hasn't been able to always channel them the right way. Um, Kat's a really emotional person and a player, and it really comes out against the referees about as bad as anybody in the league. Um, it's really impacted his career, and Cat's um, been a little more mild-mannered and even-tempered this year, and that's partly because of Beverly. I mean, he, he's got this toy that literally he can just allow it to utilize and push play and let him do his thing um, whenever he comes into the game. And so Cat just needs to worry about playing and playing the right way. But uh, Beverly, I, I still need more out of him from an actual – production standpoint as a player um he's fine but i need him to be shooting 40 percent, man i he can't be shooting 31 32 uh from three but i mean his eight and five assists i mean i still need still need more rebounds to be honest too i mean we're not a great rebounding team right now uh beverly is needed for that um uh, which is crazy we're going to be relying on a six foot two guy for that but Beverly can get after it. He can get boards um, in the way that Russell Westbrook can get them. Uh, but, yeah, it's just coming on, keeping guys locked in and engaged on defense, keeping guys accountable. Uh, but he's a good he's a good all-around player, good passer, playmaker. Uh, and we can't, you can't ever get enough of that. And we don't have a ton of um, great playmakers as well. Yeah, he is certainly a fascinating player, too, just because, like, 
this offseason, he got moved, what, three times, basically? You know, you know obviously, L.A. But... <laughs> yeah, he never knew where he was going like, to. I would hate that. Like, as an NBA player, you knowing, like, yeah. at a drop of a dime, you could basically just be moved. It's mm-hmm. absolutely nuts. Another interesting thing with Minnesota is that, obviously, you know, you made the coaching change last year midseason. But was there any other like offseason acquisition that you guys made, whether it's a draft pick or um, maybe even another free agent you brought in that you're like, yeah, this was 100% worth it. I'm glad we did it. <laughs> oh, man, I thought we were going to be so active this offseason and I wanted it uh, a lot. I wanted us to make a big splash. I thought Ben was going to be really possible this summer and um, thought it was something big was going to happen. But Beverly was our big one um, that is still going to work out and work. It's working out all right right now, but uh, Torian Prince was the only other one, to be honest. Um, he hasn't done Dick right now. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I really thought he could be a guy that could guard one through four um, and to knock down a lot more shots than he is. <laughs> it is, it's not not great to um, give up Ricky Rubio, who's literally maybe the most valuable guy in Cleveland right now. Um, he's definitely top three, that's for sure, uh, and a fan favorite in Minnesota. So that was a tough one to give up because Ricky Rubio, I thought his career was looking like it was about to be over when he played for us last year. And then just like every other athlete that leaves Minnesota, he goes and flourishes. So if you want to be great in life, come to Minnesota for a little bit and then leave and go make billions and make just sweet magic somewhere. Yeah, that's crazy. Like they're lead, you know, the Cavs are obviously leading at half against Golden State. <laughs> Rubio hasn't had himself the greatest night, but still five points, four assists. It's just like trash, man. Ah, man. Uh, what could have been with that? What could have been? So especially with D'Lo struggles right now, Rubio would have been so critical for this team. Um, he's playing very complimentary uh, with Darius Garland. He was fine with Sexton as well. The dudes thrives literally every single place he's been besides his last stop in Minnesota when we drastically needed him. Yeah, interestingly enough, I think if he would have ever ended up on the Pacers over Brogdon, <laughs> the city would have burned down. So um I, I was never like that against Ricky Rubio, but there was enough Pacers fans who were that ooh, it, it would have looked even worse than it does now. Um that's funny. I mean TJ fu- McConnell's basically your Ricky Rubio. Let's <laughs> not he's Ricky Rubio. He's Ricky Rubio that would also like you could see it in LA fitness. Like I can never see Ricky Rubio go in LA fitness, play pickup, but I uh, he totally did. See- I can totally see TJ McConnell just go running laps around people. It would be, it would be awesome to watch. Um, definitely agree to that. So obviously they're five and nine, you know, hopefully after night six and nine, what's the most realistic ceiling for this year? And then, you know, Barring anything catastrophic, where do you see the team going in the next five years? I know that that's, you know, pretty hard to, prepare for it in modern NBA with all the moves that teams make and stars wanting out or, you know, stars wanting to go specific places. But 
is there like any possibility that we see the old Western Conference Finals Timberwolves coming back because they finally have a three-headed monster, or is it just up in the air at this point? Before the year, um, this was the most anticipated season that we've had for me since 2004 outside of 2018 with Jimmy Butler, which is incredibly sad um, over that stretch. And to have a start like this isn't great, uh, but we got a nice easy stretch here. We should be able to get back to 500. Uh, Tonight's about as must win as it gets. Can't keep losing uh, winnable games, especially at this point in the year, because Minnesota's margin of error is so incredibly small. So you got to be able to win the games they have to win. Like there's no excuse for that. Uh, but with that said, um, ooh, I got to, might die here. With that said, um, the Wolves record prediction before the year, I had them at 44 and 38 coming at the eighth seed. I was that high on them. Uh, now I'm closer to about 37, 37, 38 wins. Who knows that maybe that could probably get us in the playoff. It did it last year, that, that percentage. I mean, the West wasn't great towards that, that ninth, 10th spot last year. Um, I'd be very happy if we got into the playoff at this right now, the play in. Um, so my expectations are, I think are pretty reasonable and pretty low, uh, but it's going to take a lot of, a lot of come to Jesus moments for this squad. And, uh, just, it, it's gotta be a consistent effort night in and night out. Um, we're not getting it from anybody right now. Um, maybe Patrick Beverly, maybe Anthony Edwards, the most part, but yeah, we need, we need a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And. Yeah, I get it. It's hard for NBA players over 82 games, but it's your job. That's what you get paid for. And I mean, Cat will say this all the time. Um, so I think there's a world it can happen. I just don't think that percentage is very high. Um, we do need to make a move for defense. We need we need defense because I don't think this defense is going to last. And if it does, I will be incredibly happy. I think. It'd be a miracle almost, but um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, there's hope, um, but it's get, I'll, I'll have a lot more if we get back to 500 after this easy stretch we got here. You know, I thought the Pacers were going to get to 500 after their easy stretch, and then they lost to Detroit, and now I'm like, I just really hope <laughs> we don't end up like six and twelve. Just I, like, I have more faith than the Pacers. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you uh, follow Alex Golden and the boys at Saying the Pace, but I went up on their, I was on their podcast last week and said, uh, "TJ Warren's back by Christmas. The team won 50 games." And uh, oh wow, yikes! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if uh, that one's coming to fruition. Um, they gotta play at faster pace. I think they can do a lot more with what they got and. Um, I just and think TJ McConnell's just not being TJ McConnell this year. I don't know what it is, but hopefully they can get it figured out. So I got two more questions. One I threw yep. on you today, but, um, this one's going to be a fun one. Obviously they do their, uh, league pass rankings every year, uh, for the NBA and Minnesota. If I remember correctly, is actually pretty high. What's the reason people should be watching the Timberwolves this year? 
It's Anthony Edwards, man. He, he lights the world on fire most nights. Um, the inconsistency, like I said, is, is still there at a very high level, but the dude's exciting. He'll dunk on people twice a night at least, um, and he's always attacking the rim. Uh, if you like John Morant, and I don't know who doesn't, I mean, Anthony Edwards isn't far from that. Um, the dude can go for 40 uh, quite often. I mean, he's, he's going to start picking that up, and um, yeah, he's, he's a machine. He, he just plays with a bundle of joy, smiling all the time and having fun. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is just a unicorn as well. I mean, between him and D'Lo, I mean, they can drop bombs. D'Lo's got the highest arcing shot in the league. <laughs> That's kind of fun to watch. Uh, but then if you just like seeing people muck it up and make a lot of mistakes, that's always fun for some. Um, if you like watching bad bass, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, Anthony Edwards is that answer. Uh, he's the only answer to that question. Naz Reed. Naz Reed's awesome. He can dunk on a lot of people. That's fun. Uh, but yeah, we gotta, we gotta make it more fun for outsiders to want to watch us too. That's, that's for sure. I At personally least... like watching a little bit of different, a little bit of everything. I, I watch anybody and everybody, but I'm getting sick of watching bad basketball in Minnesota and I've been sick of it. So. At least, uh, you're not like second to last in, uh, attendance for games. I think the Pacers have broken 10,000, like twice. Oh, wow. That's shocking to me. The fans are sick of it, man. Um, and after last night's performance, I guarantee you next Wednesday's game against, uh, New Orleans, there'll be 6,000 people there, maybe less. Wow. Like, that's, that's sad. Tickets are $3 right now on TickPick. So. Damn. I'd be going to every game. Yeah, like you what are, what are courtside seats right now? Like 65. Nah. Like two rows behind the bench. 60. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming courtside. Let's go. <laughs> so obviously I called you uh Mr. Trade Grader right at the beginning of this. And I sent you one today, and obviously I'm really lazy. I didn't even care about picks. Uh, but I sent you a three-team deal. Uh, because we've heard some 76ers and Celtics rumblings. And obviously we kept hearing, oh, Brogdon's getting swapped for Ben Simmons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Brogdon can't. Right. Um, it doesn't mean Demonis Sabonis can't be in a trade for Ben Simmons. So I sent you one today. Sixers get Marcus Smart, Jeremy Lamb, and Romeo Langford. The Pacers get Ben Simmons. The Celtics get mm-hmm. Sabonis. Some first-round picks being exchanged, I'm sure. Maybe even other smaller assets. You know, there's a couple of really tiny contracts the Pacers have control of, some that the Celtics have, to make the money work perfectly. But grade the trade. What do you think? Yeah, so honestly, I I liked it. Like, it's a good trade. Like, it's something to consider. Um, My grade for it, without picks right now, I mean, it's an A-plus for the Celtics. Uh, I'm way higher on Sabonis than I am Simmons. Um, probably right around a B minus, uh, for the Pacers, um, maybe a B for the Pacers and then Sixers. Um, that's where a lot, a lot of picks would need to come in there. Um, Jeremy Lamb, I need to see more out of him in order for that to, to work out. It's, it's the Pacers would have the issue there. Um, I think TJ Warren or 
I don't know who this yeah, Celtics can't give anybody else. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, maybe. Um, yeah, they're they just I like Marcus Smart more than most. I do. Uh, but I know the Pacers don't value him like that. Um, there need to be three first round picks minimum going to the Sixers there. Uh, as of right now for the Sixers, I'd have that at around a C minus C. So, uh, there's a world where the pay, I mean, the Sixers are going to get sick of things. There's going to be a deal happening. I think sooner than later, Daryl Morey speaks a big game, but I think he'll take the picks and any talent like smart would really help their team right now. Um, it'd be dumb, but I think they're going to do much better than Marcus Smart as a centerpiece. That's the issue. But, um, I know a lot of people that want Ben Simmons in Indiana. I know a lot of people that would love Sabonis in Boston. Um, that would be amazing for both those teams, I think, just something different. Um, but I put put butts in seats, if anything, you know, like Indiana, yeah, something different. Indiana needs something, you know. Yeah, especially if the tenants is that low. I honestly, first time I'm learning that, which is sad to me being they're a state that normally has pretty dang good attendance all the time. Um, they love their basketball. And right attendance has been pretty good there over the past few years, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've never really been that low in the league. Usually we're right around like hovering 90, 95% for max capacity. Yep. Um, and even like the games, you know, pre-COVID, they were right at like 96, 97%. So I don't know what the big the big drop-off really has been. Um, but I think it's just people sick of being a tough out here in the consistency, you know, like consistency helps us win type argument. And you know, let's be real, it's just you know, when you're dead last in dunks. You know, you're not getting the flashy plays. For sure. You're never going to blow out a team, you know, because, like, that's just not, not Rick Carlisle's style. It's it, it's a tough watch sometimes. And, yep. you know, the games they're winning, they're winning ugly. And the games they should be winning, they're losing ugly. So, yeah, like I said, they got to play faster. They got to – they're never going to have – they don't have the dunkers on the squad right now, so that you can rule that out. But they can play faster to make it a little more fun. But also – um it comes down to health i mean they got talent to be a second round team right now in my estimation but thing is it's like these guys are injury prone players like you you gotta take what you can get right you've you've tried this i I do think indiana has to do something they're primed for a move and um it just it's gonna have to be some somebody and obviously outside of malcolm so um I think they're really primed for a trade. Hopefully they have the balls to do it. Um, they're way too conservative over the past year. It's got to be Simonis, Turner, or Lavert they just got, so I hate doing that. Um, they don't even know what Lavert is, so I think it's got to be one of the bigs. Yeah, um, I think fans are sick of seeing the bigs together too because they also have Goga on the bench, and, like, no one really knows what – Goga is, you know, yep. I think, I think Goga is actually a damn good NBA player if he's on the right team, but no one will ever know that because he's stuck behind two centers. So, yeah, I think he can get a good amount for either or Turner or Sabonis. I think Turner's um, 
trade value right now is incredibly high. Uh, he's my defensive player of the year at the I, moment. He's and, and it, it's like by miles for me. Like, and I, you know, it's not not, not just because I'm a Pacers fan, but he's yeah. been his on off splits are just unbelievable. Yeah. When they take him out of games, the Pacers are bad. And when he's in games, they're good. He could have three points and be a plus 22. That's what we've learned this year. Like, that's insane to me. But now it's your turn. You get to brag about your show, you know, what you might be working on. I know you're obviously working on, uh, you know, maybe becoming a better dad or whatever. And you got the terrible twos coming up. But obviously, you just interviewed Miles Turner today. So tell the world where to find you and your work. Yeah, and no, I appreciate that. Um, just grinding away on this podcast uh, with Roosh, Noble and Roosh show by Ball is Life. Um, we're about 55 episodes into this thing. I uh, had Naz Reed on last week, Miles Turner this week. Next week, I got James Worthy. So I'm really excited about that one. Uh, yeah, I got a great lineup coming on. And then the week after that, we got John Cullen. So it just keeps rolling right now. And uh, I'm really excited for the show. We're growing at a good rate right now. Um, Roosh has been a lot of fun to do this with, uh, but yeah, hit me up in Twitter on Twitter. I'm always interacting and uh, having a good time dropping trade grades on the huge. Um, but I really hope we get some real trades to grade and I hope things become active. Ben Simmons needs to go somewhere. I'm sick of hearing about him at home and working on himself. I think the best place to work on himself is. Somewhere else. Yeah. Somewhere else yeah. Um, on the court in Minnesota. I heard it's really peaceful. And um, I heard Indianapolis, Frank, you can literally walk around and nobody will recognize you. Like Exactly. Uh, you can be in, in the underground tunnels there and all yeah. that jazz. Well, <laughs> and one other player that we got to, you know, talk about needing to be on the move, Marvin Bagley. Holy hell. What is going on there? Uh, talk about a wasted opportunity. Um, but actually, <laughs> Gonna wrap up all the time we have because I could go on a whole rant about you know the uh, king we'll, situation. We'll about this. Yeah, uh, but thanks so much for joining me, and uh, hopefully, like I said, the Timberwolves make it to the playoffs, and the Pacers figure out their woes, and maybe we'll talk at the end of the year when uh, you know maybe the Timberwolves and Pacers meet in the finals. All right. So. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm glad we finally were able to connect here and uh, stay in touch, but also uh, hopefully our teams turn around. We're both primed for a big trade. We're in a very similar situation, so it's going to be funny. Uh, we got a more conservative GM and Gupta right now, so it'll be interesting to see who drops their balls and has some fun.